fucking whores. Every last fucking one of them. They think they can just lift their skirts enough for men to want it and then lord it over them. And men begging for it, hoping for just a little taste. Don't they know that a whore's place is beneath a man? Everything is all wrong and the fucking whores are to blame. If a woman would just obey the natural order of things, then everything would be all right. Well, I'm done. If I don't get what I want, then I'll just cut up their pretty little faces and squeeze their soft necks until they go blue. They will see that I'm the one with the power, not them. Wait a minute. I thought we were talking about micro penises today. What's up, everybody? This is Zach. Welcome back to Well, Hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. And joining me, as always, is Mr. Spar. What's up, buddy? How you doing? I am I'm awesome, but I'm always awesome. We both know that. And also, also we have we have we have Lindy joining us once again to make sure we look like dumbasses. I mean, <laughs> dumasses. So, yay! How about that? So today we're going to talk about. Uh, uh, I thought, like seriously, you said you know Richard Speck, which which means like Dick Speck when. You know, I had the tweezers ready to go, the magnifying glass. I'm a little disappointed a little now, but uh, I'll get over it. What are you going to do? Yeah, this guy's a piece of shit, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. This is going to be rough. Uh, uh, if you are, you know, uh, triggered by uh, murder. If they uh, made it this far, buddy, they're not triggered by anything, I would think. I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, this one's... Yeah. This one's not a this one's not a good one. So this one is not a good one. No, we are any, round two. I'm going to see if I can make everybody even more uncomfortable this time than I did last time. The, the this dude's got the same mindset as Elliot Rogers did. You know, it's like women are here to He's please me, and that's what they're supposed to do. And and if you don't, this guy was a little more brutal, though. I mean, he well, didn't that's just only like Elliot was such a fucking dipshit idiot. Well, this guy's kind of a dipshit fucking idiot, too. Yeah, yeah. but he, he falls through on some stuff a little bit more, I guess. Yeah, he, un- unfortunately, he fall- yeah, followed through a lot more on a lot of shit. I don't think uh, Elliot was uh, half the douchebag this guy was. He just, he had, a, he had a nice little run for like, what, 20 minutes? And that that was it for him. This guy did shit for years. So, no, so this thing. guy did shit for years. Yes. Yeah. Several, several years and a lot of shit. A whole lot of just shit. A, get ready to get angry. Just a pampered bitch boy. Yep. <laughs> get All right, get exactly. ready to get same, angry. Yep, same kind of dude. <laughs> I'm going to go get my handy wipes if this guy, yeah, I'm going to have to, yeah. <laughs> you want to take a shower while you're listening to it, but yes, you can't, so you're yes. just going to wipe yourself down? <laughs> yeah, just wipe myself down a little bit as we go. <laughs> cool and refreshing, yes. <laughs> to go. Grab that bottle of Johnny Walker green and I got like a shower on the inside. <laughs> Go wash up, as they say, on the inside. <laughs> I've already got a bad taste in my mouth and this hasn't even started. Uh, yeah. All right, Lindy. Let's you just ready? Fucking, let's just no. fucking do this. Let's no, just fucking yeah. do it. No, 
Yeah. yeah. Let's just fucking get it over with. Every fucking time, okay. Zach. Because <laughs> it's time to catch it. <laughs> get your tweezers out. I'm gonna I'm gonna sprinkle the pepper. You oh, ready? They for yeah. me. <laughs> I meant I meant to catch Michael. Oh, okay. 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 It's, it, it's fine. Okay. On December 6, 1941, in Kirkwood, Illinois, Richard Benjamin Speck was born to Benjamin and Mary Margaret Speck. Richard was the seventh of eight children, and there was a large gap in age between him and his older siblings. Uh, they had all left the house or were close to leaving when he was born, so he sent, spent the first two years of his life with his very doting mother. Then came his little sister, Carolyn. Uh, their household was very religious. Richard, Richard's father was a very quiet man who had left the child raising to his wife for the most part, but he didn't do that with Richard. Okay. Benjamin so and they were, they were, they were pretty tight. That was his little buddy. Yes. yes. Yeah. Exceptionally close. Benjamin and Richard had a very close bond and Richard sought to follow his father's example. Right on. Now, now his mom was like uh, a definite Bible beater. I mean, she, she ran a pretty tight ship, no drinking in the house, right? No drinking, no smoking. Yeah. No, yeah. No misconduct. No fun Lord's at all. Eyes. No yeah. fun. And uh, I think I, I remember reading somewhere at some point, they were at like a family picnic or like an outing somewhere, like a cookout maybe. And she just mm-hmm. gave uh, her husband nothing but grief and just chewed his ass out because he was drinking a beer eating a hot dog, having a beer, not like beer number four or beer number 14, a beer. Yeah. I think, I think at her freak out point, it was, he had cracked the beer and taken a sip. So you're going to hell. And this this is in Illinois. So there's a band from Illinois called the tossers that do a song called there's no loot, there's no booze and there's no fun. So that's freaking nailing it. Yeah. All right. Go on. Go on. Tell us more. Tell us more. Okay. Benjamin found work in Monmouth, Illinois, and this is where Richard considered home for most of his life. When he started school, he struggled to read and was extremely inattentive. So his teacher did some seating arrangements uh, and some experiments with him and figured out that he needed glasses. But Richard was deathly afraid of attention, so he refused to wear the glasses unless his father ordered him to do so, which Benjamin wouldn't do very often because his dad could see the level of discomfort that it brought to his son, not only wearing the glasses, but being made fun of for wearing the glasses. Having glasses put him in the spotlight. And uh, so when he wouldn't wear his glasses, the teacher would make him stand in the center of the aisles and force him to read out loud to the class, which yep. was extremely embarrassing for Richard and, you yep. know, attention grabbing. So way more attention was than like just putting was, the glasses on. I mean, dude, just wear yeah. the glasses. They'll probably fuck off to leave you alone. Yeah. yeah. So it seemed like she was punishing him, uh, you know, trying to, to get him to wear the glasses, but it didn't really matter what he did because students are students and they made fun of him because he couldn't read without the glasses, but they also made fun of him because, he had to wear glasses. Today, Junior. That's how it works in school. <laughs> Kids are terrible. Yeah. It's just, I was just as bad. I've almost grown up, but I'm not there yet. So, <laughs> you're, when you you're getting fuck closer up, every I'm day, attack though. you. 
So you said uh, you said his dad's name was Benjamin, right? Benjamin. Every Benjamin what? fucking episode. <laughs> Can't get away from it. What was it? What was it? Benjamin. It, Benjamin Franklin. Benjamin fucking Franklin. <laughs> so, uh, Lindsay, Lindy, what you're saying is that this guy's father was the devil. This guy's father was the devil. Mm-hmm. Fucking Benjamin Franklin. I mean, Richard sought to, Richard sought to uh, be in his example. So, mm-hmm. all right. Well, uh, <laughs> well, we've already gotten to the bottom of the evil here. I was going to say, we, yeah, we know, there we go. Death, we know the origins anyway, the bloodlines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we just figured it out. Fuck you, Ben Franklin, motherfucker. <laughs> Franklin drew a pentagram uh, so- on the floor and been spun up out of it. With Guys, we've solved the case. On it. Let's break out the Tostino's pizza rolls and just call it a day. We got it. Oh, it all. Oh shit! Yep. All of it. Mm-hmm. Um, Richard blamed his first miseries and the start of his woman hate from on his teacher. Okay. So and then he when was, he was six, he was like Spanky from the Little Rascals. Then, right? The he Man Woman Haters Group. Now, girls, lie out. <laughs> Unless you show me them boobies. Okay, we're already to the girls. <laughs> Tits out or no admission, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, continue. You okay. Uh, when Richard was six, he came home from school to find the house empty. His parents and his little sister were nowhere to be found. Suddenly, his older sister and her husband showed up, and his older sister jumped out of the car and she wrapped him up in an extremely tight hug, which led Richard to believe that something was wrong. They mm-hmm. threw, they put him in the car. And it wasn't until they were almost to the hospital that anyone realized that they hadn't told Richard what was going on. Turns out that his father had suddenly had a heart attack at work. And even though the doctors tried, they couldn't do anything. He passed away at the hospital. So Richard had suddenly lost his entire. Oh, Richard, by the way, we're going to the hospital because your dad's dead. Okay. (laughs) Who wants Dairy Queen? I feel bad for him right here. Pizza rolls. I I feel. I feel bad for him right here. And then I stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's one other spot that I feel bad for him, but then it ends. Yeah. Um, up until his father's heart attack, Richard had been known as a good boy with some troubles, but that quickly changed. He refused to do any schoolwork and he became more sullen and even more disobedient. Yeah. It's, uh, it seemed possible for him to write his life given enough time and some socialization outside of the home. But Sadly, that didn't happen for him. Three years after his father's death, his mother uh, was on a train and she met Carl Lindbergh. Borgie, borgie, borgie. <laughs> this dude was Swedish. <laughs> he was like the <laughs> Swedish chef. Okay. <laughs> That's always the first thing that pops in my head anytime I hear that. Borgie, borgie, borgie. Don't be sorry. That was great. That. <laughs> we got to break this shit up. Yeah, Wendy always I'm gets dark, to. so we got to break it up yeah. as much as yeah, we can. Yeah. <laughs> Wendy gets dark, yes. 
Um, So Mary fell for Carl, even though he was a chain smoking, booze guzzling fast talker. She started to bring him home to meet the family and he was able to win everyone over except for Richard. Wait, she's okay with this dude drinking booze, but she wasn't okay with their last guy just opening a beer. Get me a beer, yeah. Jersey. Oh, 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 oh. yeah. It's because he talked yeah. so sweet. She just couldn't, couldn't help it. <laughs> it was that fast talking golden tongue. Um, Richard wouldn't give Carl a chance. He would stay really distant. He'd always sneer at Carl. He'd just, you're trying to replace my dad. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, at that age, yeah. Kind of a Pazuzu mm-hmm. thing here, too. I mean... Where the new dad well, comes in. He wasn't as much of a bitch as Pazuzu. Few are. But, uh, yeah. I mean. <laughs> Pazuzu was a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, care of Richard and Carolyn passed more and more frequently to his older sister. <clears throat> and Richard did start to believe that his older sister, Sarah, and his mother were conspiring to replace his father. Okay. In early May of 1950, the family went on a train ride in their dress clothes to Palo Pinto, Texas. That's correct. And went went straight to the church where his mother was waiting for them. Richard sat in horror in the front pew as his mother married Carl. Uh, adding to this horrible, horrible event, Carl also adopted all of the children as part of that ceremony. Oh. After the ceremony, the kids were loaded back onto the train and sent back to Monmouth so they could finish out the school year. The family home was sold, and this sent Richard into an extreme depression. He completely stopped trying in school, and he was furious that everyone could allow his father to be replaced. And worse, he felt like he was starting to forget his own dad. Yeah. So when the school year was over, Richard and Carolyn went to live with their mom and Carl. And once the family was settled, Carl's true self was revealed. Carl wasn't just a booze guzzler, he was a full-out alcoholic, so much so that the home was filled with empty liquor bottles and ashtrays that were overflowing with cigarette butts. Um, He was also a criminal, having been convicted of fraud and several DUIs. Mm -hmm. Apparently lazy as all shit, too. You can't even walk your beer bottles to the trash can or dump out an ashtray. Well, they even said that um, his mom, Mary, was like OCD style clean and she couldn't keep up with the liquor bottles and the cigarette butts. And wow. That kind of stuff. So I got to clean was, something right now and nothing's dirty, but right? <laughs> <laughs> just move something on your desk and then put it back. You'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can come up and clean my house if you really want to, to make you feel better. No, I got it. I took it. Jeez. Uh, contrary to popular belief, Carl actually was not a physically violent man. He did. However, take stabs at Richard, like, verbally every chance he got. So he was extremely verbally abusive. He was too lazy to be physically abusive, (laughs) basically. (laughs) Uh, What made matters worse for Richard was that every insult that Carl threw at him was something that was actually true. So it was... He was attacking Richard's character. Yeah, he was attacking Richard's character, so Richard you know, started to get even more self-conscious than he already was and even more embarrassed. Um, One day Carl went too far and he started speaking ill of Richard's father. The devil. The devil. Oh boy. Richard, uh, Richard flew into a rage and went after Carl with his fist, but Carl just, you know, kind of 
pushed him away like what are you doing? Knock I, see, it out. I see him just like putting his hand out over his forehead and the kid just like punching him. He's swinging his fists. Yeah. <laughs> he's just holding him out there. <laughs> and he's sitting there going, you see, we dig the cheeky. And then. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I was picturing a Christmas story where Ralphie loses his shit. Wales and Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good shit. When attacking Carl with his fist didn't work, Richard picked up a hammer and swung it at Carl. They'll do. Carl Carl slapped the hammer away, and uh, its rebound swung right back into Richard's head, and it actually cracked open his skull. Okay, bullshit. Richard passed out. That's what I'm saying. I don't think so. It it wasn't just a rebound. Uh, He full-on caught that kid and pulled that hammer. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, So it knocked him out cold. And while Richard was knocked out on the ground, frothing at the mouth, this is how hard the hammer smacked into him. Mm-hmm. So he's frothing at the mouth. He's bleeding. He's knocked out cold. Carl stood over him and was like smacking him in his face, you know, like Ricky, Ricky, Ricky. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Gotta hate this. Asshole. Wake up, wake up, wake up. I'm just picturing this as, as the chef from the Muppets. I'm sorry. Yeah, every, he's he's not going to get it out of his head, so just keep reading. It's not going to go away. We're just, <laughs> yeah, you're stuck with it now. <laughs> just buckle down and get through this. <laughs> uh, Carl would not take Richard to the hospital because he knew he would be blamed for what happened. It was absolutely no secret that the two of them did not get along. Chances are he probably couldn't drive anyway because he was too wasted. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, he didn't seem opposed to getting DUIs. I can see him being like, Richard, Richard, wake up. Wake up. You're going to have to drive us to the hospital. (laughs) Drive yourself to the hospital. I'll ride with you. Hang on. Let me get a Budweiser. (laughs) Just a minute. When Richard did finally wake up, Carl looked at him and said, don't ever try that shit again or you'll get it a lot worse. You hear me? Richard took off and he slammed the door as he went. When his mother asked about his head, he told her that he fell from a tire swing and hit his head on a tree root. Was the tire swing on like a second story building? Because fuck's sakes, you were frothing at the mouth and almost dead from it. Yeah. It was just a rebound. Well, the thing is, is that he... He still had to have been bleeding when he came home. And so why didn't she take him to the hospital? Even if it was a tree root. Because she's a dizzy cunt, I think. (laughs) 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 Might be the problem. You see what we got here? We got ourselves a fucking dizzy cunt. A bit of a a dizzy cunt, man. Anyway. Okay, we'll move on. Uh, so Carl moved the family from one shithole to another and increased his verbal insert insults on Richard. All of this caused Richard to start lashing out violently at school when he even bothered to go. Uh, and then in 1952, Richard's oldest brother, Robert, was driving his motorcycle to work when he was hit and killed by a drunk driver. Was it uh, this the on- dad? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. They were I take you to the hospital. I get the liquor store before you. Come on, get up, get up. Get up and drive us to the hospital. Take you to the hospital. Oh, never mind. I gotta get home. I'll see you when you get there. Oh, fuck. I'm trying to make light of this horrible, horrible situation. 
the news of this brought on a whole new hate for life and new miseries for Richard. And at 12, he started drinking. Yeah, uh, He was able to get a hold of the alcohol super easy since it was always all over his home. And if it happened to be a day when his mom was able to get everything cleaned out, he could just walk the streets of Dallas and find it. Yeah. I, I started. I, I, I read somewhere that uh, he would steal uh, his stepfather's private stash. He had like a little secret stash and he would just take shit from it whenever he wanted. Yeah. To. That's where he kept the more expensive or hard alcohols yeah. that he had. So he had, um, he had developed, he developed a fine, fine taste early then. I'm assuming yes, it wasn't super high quality oh. stuff. It was like, these are in a glass bottle. So I keep them in here. <laughs> as opposed to the plastic <laughs> bottles of bullshit that I chug and throw around the living room. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when he started walking around Dallas, he was also able to find pills and powders. So he started using Drugs as well. Uh, and then in 1955, he was arrested for the first time at the age of 13 for trespassing. One of his favorite things to do when he was drunk or high would be to break into partially completed construction sites to sleep off the, the high. sleep off being fuck faced mm-hmm. or to just get some alone time. Hmm. But this isn't he had that's to, not too far from Pazuzu. There are a lot of similarities between these two. I mean, really. And then. Was it was they call that urban exploring, right? Isn't that what that's called? Where you just go into buildings and search around? Sure. I have no fucking clue. I think so. I think they call it breaking and entering. Uh, well, no, they definitely call it <laughs> that. But I mean, if that's what the Dallas police <laughs> called it. Yeah. That's what, well, no, that's what it is. I, mean, I said that's what they call it. It's like urban oh, okay. exploration or whatever. Right, right, right. So uh, Richard ended up having to repeat the eighth grade. And puberty was not kind to him. His face. What are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) His his face became covered in pimples and severe boils, which ultimately left his face permanently disfigured with pockmarks. The the pot the pot marks thing is being generous. That his face yeah. looked like the fucking Grand Canyon was running through it on the sides. I mean, it was fucking yeah. rough. That guy got it bad. <laughs> it like, he did. Yeah. It was like Yeah, he did. I was I mean, he was still a decent he was still a teenager at this point, so I was yeah. trying to be nice. Yeah. Well, he's a cunt later, so uh, I'll just give him his business yeah, right now. <laughs> Uh, Richard's rap sheet started to grow, but his education definitely didn't. And at 16, he decided to drop out. Dallas police started to just show up at his house whenever a petty crime was committed. And Richard would go with them to the station and he would just freely admit to if he did it or if he didn't. It was like no one had ever told him that he wasn't supposed to talk to the police. So he was very open about what crimes were him and... And what he didn't do. Well, do you think maybe there was this like, well, if I got a free place to stay tonight, maybe kind of thing. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think he ever stayed detained. Oh, they well, just brought him in. Not until later. later. He's going to say he's mm-hmm. a, he's a minor. So yeah, he's a minor. And <clears throat> in the forties, that wasn't, I mean, you, you got beat for it, but you didn't get detained. Okay. So if the family wasn't going to oh, discipline days. you over it, then the police would. 
Wow. <laughs> God, that's awful. Over the, over the next three years, he wandered around Dallas getting drunk and high. This is also when he got the infamous Born to Raise Hell tattoo on his forearm. Yeah. Uh, he also. It's a great became, Motorhead song, though. I mean, it is. But, it is. Richard also became very hardened, and now Carl was afraid of him. So he started spending more and more time on the road and away from home. And eventually he took up with another woman in California. So he sent a postcard home to Mary to let her know that he was not coming back. How are you? The weather's great here. By the way, never coming back. Go to hell. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) See you later, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when Richard dis- when Richard figured out that Carl was actually gone for good, he decided to come home, try and get his head on straight. He got a job working for the 7-Up bottling plant, and he started to shelter all of the family's financial needs. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Again, so. in his time away from home, he had become extremely hardened and quite violent. And one evening at dinner, when his mother dismissed something that Richard had said during one of their discussions, he got up and blacked both of her eyes. And broke her cheekbone. Told you twice. Mm. Had to tell you twice. And this is what happens when uh, I have to tell you twice. What a fucking douchebag. That's so awful. Douchebag. Uh, he was never violent towards Carolyn. However, they were very close. And in the home situation that they lived in, there wasn't really room separation. So Richard found himself getting very confused about the way he was starting to feel towards his little sister. Uh, I'm finding myself confused on why I'm sitting here listening to this at this point. That sounds so fucking gross. So it's like a studio. It's like a fucking studio apartment, but a house. And he's sharing a bed with his sister and getting fucking boners. This is a good pick, Lindy. Let's go. (laughs) God God damn it. Spar every time. Every time. Every fucking time. Every fucking time. God. He never acted out on anything towards his sister. He actually kept himself in check on that. Mm. Uh, it's still that disgusting, it a, but at, at least he thing, never though. did it. I, no, it, okay, it was, true. Props uh, to not doing thing. it, but props to not doing it. Gross. Um, he Richard was actually relieved when his younger sister started to bring home a man. So she was. She was now taken. She was, she belonged to another man. So, um, and that man moved in. Well, they got married and that man moved into the home. Wait a minute. So now they're staying in like a fucking tiny little house and there's four people in the home. Oh, and a married couple. So, um, which Richard's kind of started to stop coming home more and more now because he's got financial assistance. This other man is, is right. helping to pay bills and that kind of stuff. So he's like, he he's like, was able it. to go and yeah. yeah. And you know, you don't really want to be in a one room shack with a newly wed couple and your mm-hmm. mom. Yeah. I'm going to pass on that. Yeah. Yeah. Richard hated to be out in social settings, but there was one time a year when he absolutely loved it. And that was the Texas State Fair. Motherfuckers got to get a goddamn corny dog. That's why. Got to get one if you go to the fucking Texas State Fair. Yeah, dude. Yeah. 
So he did go every year that they lived in Texas and 1961 was no different. The family went together and traveled to the fair and that is where Richard met his future wife. Hmm. So Richard met Shirley Ann Malone, who was 15 years old to his 20. Okay. Her family. Whoa. That's a little fucked okay. up. Okay. You, you just going to just brush on by that? <laughs> she was 15 and he's 20. Like, no, this is like true love and everything's I wasn't going to brush by it. I was going to give her family's explanation for why that was allowed. It was a different time. It was a different time. It was a different time. back when, you know, when a girl was 13, she was, you know, considered a woman. A woman? Wait a minute. No, that was that was the 1800s. Never mind. What are you, 16 and you don't have any babies? You better get to breeding before your barren womb won't be producing any offspring. So gross. We need some farm hands. Get on it. Yeah. <laughs> Get on your back like you're so, supposed to. Oh my God. <laughs> Moving along. So at the fair, um, Richard's or Shirley's family and Richard's family kind of chaperoned the pair. Uh-huh. I would hope and so. Richard's family didn't say anything about his age and her family was kind of like, oh, okay, well, he's got the same maturity level as her, basically. So they assumed that he was, that he was yeah, that he was closer to her age. Intellectually. They didn't. Find, right. Mm, yeah. Uh, okay. All but, right. Yeah. So they, through the fair, they found out that Shirley was also a resident of Dallas and they had agreed to meet up again soon. Uh, Richard started taking her day drinking. Come on, man, let's then, go. I'm going to throw up in my mouth. <laughs> Super sexy. Yeah. Uh, so he started taking her day drinking, and then they would go to the construction sites that Richard was so fond of. And in the construction sites, they were alone, so they would have sex. Because mm. nothing turns three. nothing turns a girl on like taking her to a fucking construction site, let me tell you. All the dirt oh. and... Uh, <laughs> Let's yeah. Let's just go back to the fact that she's 15 and he's 20, so she assumes he's an adult, and this is how it's done because she doesn't fucking know any better. Right. I just Ding. threw up in my mouth again. <laughs> Quit doing that. Nah, I know. I'm gonna brush my teeth. <laughs> After just three weeks of being together, Shirley ended up pregnant. The families agreed that the couple needed to marry quickly, and Shirley moved in with Richard's family. Because her family basically disowned her. They didn't want anything to do with her after that. Jesus Christ. Um, So wait a minute. So now you got Richard, his wife, his mother, his sister, and his sister's husband. Five. Uh, uh, uh. I'm still going back to why is that the issue that you're pointing at here? What her her family was like, no, you can go with this guy. What, you're pregnant and not married at 15? Get out of here, bitch. We disown you. Oh, but the Matt, good old it was, days. It's a, it was a different time, man. It was back in the day. It was a different time. I fucking hate it so much. It was the fucking God, 50s, man. So yeah. Or 60s, I'm sorry. Oh, you got yeah, pregnant? Was, even though we oh, allowed is, you oh, yeah, to leave with a 20-year-old yeah. man when you're 15 and he got you pregnant, <laughs> it must be your fault. Fucking yeah. How dare you not use a condom? <laughs> you don't even know what the fuck it is. Oh, shit. Right. When Shirley moved in with Richard's family, Mary started to teach the young girl about motherhood um, and, you know, how to. We're good on her for that, you know, to live in an adult world. Exactly. Yeah. She done well. 
I guess. <clears throat> how many, how many, you know, like, was it seven kids, five kids? How many? Seven. All right. Six out of seven ain't bad. You know, six out of seven. <laughs> that's good. Uh, that's good well, odds. five because two of them died. Well, I mean, it wasn't her fault. It was a different time. Oh, no, six. One oh, of them died. One of them died. <laughs> I thought it was seven so, of eight. So they lost two and. Yeah, Matt's hard. Matt Let's go. sucks. Let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so as Shirley grew in pregnancy, Richard stopped thinking of her as pure and started to think of her as a whore. Even though he and impregnated her. God, this yes, guy because is... she was giving herself to him before they were wed. <sighs> so, so that's her fault. One night. That's her fault. Too, oh, wait, wait, she was by the way, you know, <sighs> classy dude. She was the whore, but he was the one that gave her an STD. So, how, you know, yes. like, mm-hmm. I think he gave her gonorrhea, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh boy. What a classy dude. <laughs> no, I Very. fucking hate Very. his guts. Yeah. Let's go. Guacamole. All right, guacamole. <laughs> Continue well, on with the guacamole dick boy. <laughs> if you hated him already, no. just wait. It gets better. Um, I guess I shouldn't say better. It gets worse. It gets One night worse. when Richard got home from work, Shirley had already gone to bed. So he sat down and ate a cold dinner. And then when he went into the room for sex, she denied him. Hmm. Good for her. And... He wasn't going to accept that. So he raped her and beat the fuck out of her. <sighs> classy, classy dude. I tell you what. Yeah. So this incident obviously caused Shirley to loathe her husband. And she started to refuse him completely, which resulted in him repeatedly raping and beating her. So, and with the return of. <sighs> we can just stop here, right? I mean, we don't have to keep going. This is bad enough. So he came yeah. to, into the bedroom one night and she shot him in the forehead and he died and she got off scot-free and lived a happy life elsewhere? Yes. Yeah, that's exactly what Sweet. Happened. And thanks for tuning None in the, this week. This was so yeah. good. None of the other eight pages of this happened at all. Solid dream. Solid dream. Jesus Christ. What a piece of shit. All right. Yeah. So what? this made him basically become a bigger drunk, right? Yes. So with the return of his temper... uh he started drinking very heavily again due to his head injury. Richard suffered from extreme headaches. The, the hammer blow had caused permanent damage to the part of his brain that controlled impulse and emotion. Mm-hmm. And then the way that his brain healed or so he says, so he says the way that his brain healed, um, it actually alcohol would have increased the pain. And oh, wow. so he was drinking to numb the pain from the headaches and the drinking was actually making what was it, causing. Okay, so headaches. the drinking was making it worse. He was trying to self-medicate, but it was actually increasing the problem. Yeah, because, you know, five, six years later, he still hasn't seen a doctor about this. Well, why would he? Right. Uh, he started slipping up at work or just not going at all. And obviously that caused him to lose his job. And when he didn't have money, he would start to jump trains to travel to other cities where people didn't know him or know that he would run out on his bar tab. And on July 5th, 1962, Robbie Lynn Speck was born while Richard was sitting in a jail cell with a 22 day sentence for disturbing the peace. Wow. Uh, When he returned home, when he returned home, he found that his wife had taken off with their daughter 
And his mother and sister would absolutely not tell them Fucking where she had Good gone. Good on them. Good on them. Right yes. Right on. So uh, he Sean, became, I hate to tell you this, but you're a worthless piece of shit, and you don't fucking deserve them, and uh, that's it. Right that's on. how I feel about it. The fact that she, that she put up with what she put up with, but after she got a kid, she was like, nah, I ain't doing it with her. Dad, we got to fuck. Mm-hmm. It's time to go. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yes. He, bec- he became determined to get enough money together to get a place of his own and persuade Shirley to come back to him. He was able to get his job back. But he wasn't making money fast enough, so he concocted a plan to steal a co-worker's check mm. and cash it. And then later that same evening, he broke into a grocery store and stole the money from the cash register. This got that genius a total of $43 and three years in prison. Is that all three years? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. I guess just so 43 able- bucks. Yeah, they're not going to put the screws to you too hard. Oh, I mean, it's it's forgery. It's breaking and entering. It's <laughs> forgery is a bit more steep now. And, and theft. Yeah. And theft. Yeah. Um, he was able to get through his jail sentence in 16 months. And in that time, he had become completely fixated on getting his daughter. When he got out, his sister and brother-in-law had finally moved out of the family home. And with them gone, Richard was able to get information about Shirley from his mother. Uh, so when Shirley left, don't like this. she don't like this. Yeah, this is actually, I have to say, extremely good on Shirley because oh. she went through hell. But when she left, she lived in poverty for some time. She lived off of what the church could give her and what little money she was able to make. She did start uh, dating a gentleman. And when he found out the dire financial situation that Shirley was in, he proposed marriage. <laughs> The information of the engagement uh, infuriated Richard. And one week later, he went out and bought a 17-inch carving knife. That's a big fucking knife. Mm -hmm. That's a big fucking knife. It might be be compensation for something else. (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) After he bought the knife, he went out and got fuck face drunk and attempted to attack a woman. Of course. Her screams. Yeah. Because, you know. That's, that's what you do. That's what you do. Uh, her screams sobered him up and he took off running before anyone could see him. Unfortunately for him, he ran straight into some police officers. Good. And he was sentenced to another 16 months. But due to an error in the paperwork, because he was also on parole. So he got 16 months for the crime and then an additional six months for breaking parole. They messed so, up the paperwork, and he ended up spending six months. So he only got the parole. Oh, he violation. only got the parole. Another yeah. shitty police force. Is that what we're okay? Now, when we he, had a good when one, he ran, we had a good when one he ran into these cops, and he he told them some bullshit story about how some guys had forced him into the back of a car, and then they were going to make him uh, uh, do something. I can't remember. Was it like they wanted him to sell drugs or something? This guy was an yeah. absolute bullshitter. And so though. that's where he said he got the knife, and that's and they had a bottle of of wine or something in the back, and he told him to stop, and he got out and took the knife in the bottle of wine. Basically, a poor, hero. For poor what he bastard. Did. Yeah, I hate this bastard. <laughs> yeah, just wait. Just wait. Uh, so once he got out, he was able to get a job with. 
Patterson Meat Company driving their delivery trucks. Mm. Wait, what? That's uh, what you do. How, how many like DUIs has he had? Or? It's a different he time. hasn't had any DUIs. No he hasn't DUI. had any DUIs. Okay, no, okay that was his dad. Mm-mm. Okay, all right. So when he was out on his routes, he would find little dive bars, and he did find one that became his favorite due to the owner. Her name was Ginny. Ginny was an ex-female wrestler, and he was infatuated oh, yeah. with her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So he uh, he wrecked his work truck six times, and they didn't fire him for what it. He actually didn't get fuck? fired. It's not much. Di- I mean, it's not much different now. Everybody needs CDL drivers, but I mean, come on, <laughs> don't six stop at dive bars, go in and drink, and get back in the truck and drive. You're you're in a death machine. The size of those yeah. things. Ah. Um, they actually surprisingly didn't fire him for that. They didn't fire him until he stopped showing up for work. They didn't even make him pay for the damage. Jesus. Like, what done kind of lenient-ass job is that? Sign Why would you up. ever leave? It's like, I just don't right. have to show up. I'm wreck shit. Who cares? <laughs> well, he stopped showing up because he started spending all of his time at Ginny's. Um, his mother Uh-oh. noticed something different about him. And so one day she followed him when he was supposed to be going to work. Mm-hmm. And she noticed, you know, she followed him straight to Jenny's because that's where he was going. And while she was spying, she noticed that he wasn't so much drinking as he was just staring at the bar owner. She was also the bartender. So um, when he came home, she tricked him into talking about Jenny. And she found out that Jenny had two small children. So she urged Richard to offer to babysit for her at night so that Jenny wouldn't have to hire expensive babysitters each night. And it would also get Richard out of his mom's house. Yeah, she's probably she's, like, she's probably like, you know what? I'm gonna get you the fuck out of this house. And yeah. Okay. Question: <laughs> What does somebody just sitting there weird at the bar, staring at the bar owner, remind you guys of? Ed Gein. There you go. Oh yeah. Looking yeah, nailed because he was absolutely infatuated with that bar owner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So this led to a sexual relationship between Richard and Jenny. But it gave Richard very little satisfaction because Micropenis? she treated him. <laughs> she treated him more like her pet than her lover, which because of his you know, probably because of the micropenis. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he started to come down to the bar because she her house was, it, you know, back what? in the day her house was just above the bar. Gotcha. And so he would leave the kids for a few minutes and he would come down to the bar. So she, this was starting to piss Jenny off, but she was like, well, it's only just a couple of minutes. But then Richard got served with divorce papers from Shirley. And on that same night, he came down into the bar and Jenny was giving a man his change and her hand lingered in the man's for too long. And Richard ended up furious over it and he got into a bar fight with the guy and ended up stabbing the guy micro penis why can't that's not a bar fight that's a bitch move fucking throw fists or shut the fuck up why are you pulling a knife fucking pussy so they got the guy out and richard looked around the bar to see that it was Ginny on the phone with the police so uh this time Richard's mother actually hired a lawyer and he received a $10 fine. 
which he immediately. So wait a minute. You stab a motherfucker and you get a $10 fine? Got a $10 fine that he immediately refused to pay. What a dipshit. So I'm not paying that $10. So instead of giving him the fine, the judge ordered him to spend three days in jail. They had sympathy for him because they felt like it was um, a lover's quarrel and uh, she had done wrong. Oh, he stabbed okay, the guy. oh, it was a different time, Zach. It was oh, yeah, definitely yeah, right. her yeah. fault for enraging this man by touching that other man's hand. Yes. Oh, yeah. Wasn't that long ago. They couldn't set it on fire, but they could release him for just beating the shit yeah. out of her. Okay. His his father was Benjamin Franklin, so okay. <laughs> and he was trying to live up to his example. Uh, so this time when Richard got out, he did odd jobs for people and he was able to earn enough money to buy a rusted down piece of shit car. He immediately regretted buying the car and he decided that he needed to get money fast again. This time he broke into another grocery store and he stole 70 cartons of cigarettes, Fuck yeah. sat in that grocery store's parking lot and sold them. <laughs> that's some good fellow <laughs> shit right there, buddy. That is, that's um. <laughs> Good that's some dumb fucking shit right there. Oh, they're, they're selling them out of the trunk. <laughs> yeah. Yep. The cops come up. It's like, then, no, it's fine. It's fine. How many do you need? No, it's fine. She <laughs> 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 runs away. Henry got pinched. Uh, All right. Shit. I'll get out of the good Then he, ab- he abandoned the car and he spent the night in a construction site. With a 15-year-old, or was he alone this time? (laughs) He he was alone this time. He was alone this time. Just with a a beer and a smoke. And a pair of tweezers. Mm -hmm. And a magnifying glass. Still still having it off. Okay. Uh, The police... So he abandoned the car. The police found it the next morning with a freshly signed bill of sale in the glove compartment. So... Richard went home the following day and he had actually got there just in front of the police, but he wasn't even able to go in the house. His sister, Carolyn, met him in the driveway. She told him to get in the car. She took him to the train station. She bought him a ticket to Chicago, gave him a kiss on the forehead and sent him away. Why and are so many people a- helping this fucking guy? Well, that's just it. This is his been his support system his whole life. These people have basically bailed him fucking out. And this is like the last draw and they're fucking done. So it's just and like, know, get the fuck out know, of this state and never come back. Know, it's Well, it's more like, hey, you want to get arrested for the, what was this, 41st, 42nd? If he had been arrested, uh, this time it would have been his 42nd arrest in Dallas. 42 fucking times. Just Try not it. to suck any dicks on your way to the bathroom. You know? 37. <laughs> yeah. More than that. That was it. Like. They sent him to go live with what his sister? Is yeah, right? his sister Martha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yay for her! I bet she's pleased. So he shows up to Martha's house, and it was made known very quickly by Martha's husband Jean that he didn't like the way Richard looked at their daughters, and he wanted Richard out of the house. <sighs> Fuck yeah. So Martha sent Richard to his brother Howard, who is still in Monmouth, and Howard got Richard a job sanding plasterboards. Richard did seem to have a knack for this, and the company gave him an opportunity to build a pig pen for a local bar owner. Uh, Richard's buddies from work admired just how much Richard could drink. And they went, they decided that they were going to go on a drinking tour of Gulfport. 
So a guy was <sighs> out there. He was kind of trying to join in on the group's fun and doing this. He kind of poked fun at Richard a little bit, but you know, he was just trying to trying to make his way into the group to some bar talk, buddy, buddy shit. Yeah. yeah. Well, Richard ended up beating the guy up and that earned him a night in jail, which caused him to miss work on Monday. And obviously his job didn't care for that. So he was on very thin ice with his job. Wait, he only missed on one eight. day and this job didn't like him. He wrecked what? Seven trucks. And he was only fired. Six. six trucks and he was only fired because he just quit showing up. And that is mm-hmm. the difference right there. Should he explain the difference to you between Texas and Illinois? And that's why I live in Texas now. <laughs> I'm moving to Texas. I'm out of here. <laughs> Fuck this place. <laughs> then on April 2nd of 1966, uh, Richard received a message from his mom saying that due to his absence, Shirley had been granted the divorce. The next night, Richard went out and robbed $2.50 from and then raped Mrs. Harris, who was a woman in her late 60s. Well, okay, so yeah. this dude doesn't care for 15 or 60. He's just whatever. It's like Richard Ramirez kind of guy. But she said, she said he was a complete gentleman the whole time. What, he, mm-hmm. he raped her gently? Is that- I, hey, Matt, well, he kept- you don't always have to rape him hard. Sometimes <laughs> that's just not right to do. Okay, we cut that shit out. There's no fun. <laughs> uh, it's just jokes. Just jokes. Just jokes. Um, <sighs> she said when the police got there that he was uh, very gentlemanly, that he spoke very quietly, that he was actually pleasant, that he didn't seem like he wanted to do what he was doing. And they weren't able to place who it was, even though she had stated, you know, he's he's got a heavy southern drawl. Um, and how they, would that sound? Still, I don't know. <laughs> Give it a try. <laughs> Let's hear. What do you hey, want me to say? Hey, I can hey. try one. That's, that's the thing I like about these 63 olds. Yeah. <laughs> I keep getting younger and they stay the same age. Gotta love the 63 olds. Yeah, I just my mouth a little bit doing that. <laughs> yeah. You know what I do with them 63-year-old sixty-three-year-old women? I take it gentle because they don't like it hard like the young girls do. Those those 15-year-olds like the punishment, but those 63-year-olds like it gentle. You got to wash it. You don't want to break they it. They don't want to pop their hip. You don't want to break a hip. <laughs> couldn't break their hip. Uh-oh. Gotta take it easy oh, on them geriatrics. Sorry if we have any 60-year-olds <laughs> listening. Um, our apologies. <laughs> okay, so, okay, um, I feel, I, okay, okay, okay. We got through. Okay, everybody's good? It's the only way I can get okay. through this shit. It's just, yeah, I gotta make fun of it. Geriatrics. <laughs> hip replacement surgery <laughs> commercial. <laughs> <laughs> See, I do it gentle, so I put it back in socket where it's supposed to be. That's why she didn't press charges. <laughs> We are all going to hell. Okay. Uh, yep. Uh, See you most there. likely. Spot by the so broken another air night. <laughs> Go ahead, Lenny. Sorry. Another night while he was out drinking, a bartender named Mary Kay Pierce was joking with him and it pissed him off. No, oh, shocker. He went outside. Yeah. 
he went outside to admire the pig pen that he had built because it was that very bar. And she came out to apologize to him. But he was still pissed off and he punched her in the liver so hard that it ruptured. Fuck's sakes. What are you, After Tyson? The- so he killed her, right? Uh, he, not immediately. He uh, he drug her by her hair into the pig pen and attempted to rape her, but she fought him. And in the fight, Richard stepped on a pig, causing it to squeal. So he took off. That's um, the weirdest fucking story, right? That is a fucked up storyline right there. Not punched her in a kidney, knocked her down. Drug her into a pig pen to have sex with her because that's romantic. And then I that's some dirty, that's some fucking dirty shit, man. I I don't a pig and I had to run away. (laughs) (laughs) Step on a pig, suck in a mod. So kudos to Mary Kay Pierce for fighting. Yes, very much. Uh, She did, however, pass away. So this would technically uh, be his first known murder victim. Is it his first or his second? Be his first, I believe. No. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. First, no. Yes, yeah. she's his second. Or his first, yes. Yeah. Um, why did I think that he'd already... No, you're absolutely right. Uh, let's see. Um, so, after the being questioned by the police, Richard... He wasn't really a suspect. He was just at the bar that night. Mm-hmm. So, he fled town. And then they went and looked in his hotel room after he fled town and realized that, Hey, there's stuff that he stole from Mrs. Harris's house. And there's other evidence. Of this guy's an old lady fucker. Let's get him. Burn him. Guys, he but did he, it. Gentle. Uh, Let's take it easy on his sentence. He was gentle. She said her hip got put back into place and that, he was a gentleman the entire time. Now, I feel, if you feel, that this man should be let free with a slap on the wrist, that's what we should do down here in Texas. Did you let him go? <laughs> he wasn't in Texas. He was in Illinois at this I point. I know, but I'm doing the Southern <laughs> thing anyway, so I just went with it. Oh, okay. <laughs> if you just let him let him go, I mean. There you go. Do, it'd be, would you let him go? Because it'd be a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> let the Matthew McConaughey thing well, go. That's they, so, uh, I can't. They did technically let him go. He he jumped onto a freight train and just rode it back to Chicago. Mm. But when he got back to Martha and Jean's house, Jean still wasn't having it. So he helped Richard find work on a ship. Oh, Unfortunately, Richard. Oh, boy. Unfortunately, Richard wasn't out at sea for very long before his appendix burst, and he had to be life-flighted from the ship to a hospital for an appendectomy. No throwing his ass overboard. No shit. While he was at the hospital, uh, he met and befriended Judy Lacanimi, and he described her as his angel in white. She was was someone that Richard would typically think of as a whore. She was, you know going through a divorce and she was sitting there flirting with him and things happened, but he, he never seemed to feel that way about him or he never seemed to feel that way about her. Okay. Uh, now nah, he did. 
Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> what is it? Does he but mean she was, a girl? She wasn't into thing? him. She wasn't into him. That's 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 the book that I read. That's that's what it explained was that she really wasn't into him, but she would be his friend. Mm-hmm. what's this dude's jam it's like he meets a girl he tries to sleep with her she's fine until he sleeps with her and then she's a whore yeah uh-huh. that's his jam because she's unpure yeah that's, so she let that's a fair court <laughs> yeah yeah okay. so um he was released to martha soon and then soon after healing he was sent back to work on the ship uh so he's fresh off painkillers and still healing his wound but he started to drink on the ship and then no. he got into a dispute with one of the ship's officers. Never. Did he, <laughs> did he wreck the boat too? No, but they did, uh, they did take your advice, you know, and they booted him off the ship. There you go. Yeah. So they left him ashore with no pay and he had to find his own way home. So he went back to Chicago and got in touch with Judy. And then he hopped a train back to Michigan to visit with her. She gave him $80 to help him get back on his feet. How much was that? Uh, then, they had lunch. Like 80. Oh, it was, Let's see. That's, 80 bucks would, that's a shitload of money. That's because a stack I back then, you, right? You could get like a, a Pontiac GT for like brand new. I think they were three grand. Right. So, yeah. So that's, that's, that's a pretty good. Money. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, a couple so months rent was, anyway. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so he, then he left Judy and went back to Chicago to stay with his sister and Jean again. And Jean told him, no, go find work on another berth or whatever. So he went to the NMI office and he reported for duty to a berth, but another man with seniority to him had already shown up and was given the job. So Richard went back to his sisters for the weekend, but by Monday, by Monday, he had overstayed his welcome for good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dean packed up everything that he had, took him back to the NMU office and uh, told him not to come back to their home. Good call. Yep. So, yep. Suspect so was given work again uh, through the NMU office only to find out that the job had been double booked and he was shit out of luck. So his sister went to get him and brought him back because it was like 15 miles or something from the NMU office. When she brought him back, she gave him $25. Well, instead of doing anything else with it, Richard went out drinking with it. There you go. (laughs) So, uh, and $25, you know, of drinking money back then was... That's quite a bit. A shit ton of drinking money. Yeah, beers were, what, 10 cents a piece? Yes. Yeah. So, um, that night, he left the bar with a sex worker named Ella Mae Hooper. Okay. Okay. She wasn't a whore, but these... Other women were no. This this no dude, no no, just, no no nothing but principles. She's a working girl. She's a working girl. She's, she's a working girl. She oh, so yeah. that's so, fine. She worked hard for the money, Matt. So hard for the money. Okay, it's in my head now. You fucking asshole. You're welcome. <laughs> Moving along. She may have gotten it right because uh, he pulled the knife on her, but she pulled the gun on him. Fuck yeah! Unfortunately, he. Unfortunately, he overpowered her and took the gun. Then he robbed and raped her. That's because you don't pull and point. You pull and shoot. And the fucker's dead. Right. End of story. Right. <laughs> Come on. That's why you carry loaded. <laughs> anyway. <sighs> uh, Richard had been staking out the nurses' townhomes near the NMU hiring hall for some time. 
He had seen a woman out in a yellow sundress one day while he was at the NMU and her beauty drew his attention. Now this was so only, this was only uh, basically a mile north of the, sh- the shipyard where he was looking for work, the union hall that he was going to. So yes. he'd gone by this place a couple times. Mm-hmm. Staked it out, um, kind of yeah, thing. He knew exactly. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. He started. He started staking out the house after she drew his attention. Mm-hmm. He had planned to rob them, and um, he was so he started counting residents and learning their schedules. You know, stalker shit. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, uh, with what little money he had left, Richard scored some heroin, and this was his first encounter with the drug. And he was also, you know, shit-faced. So, high in with a bit of a buzz, he set off on his mile-and-a-half walk to 2319 East, 100th Street, on July 13th, 1966, around 10 p.m. Full of booze and heroin. Let's have a party. This is is how this goes. All right. So, if this episode has been bad for you at this point, this is probably where you want to tap out. Yep. See you, bye. All right, guys. I'll see you next Uh, week. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, you get to listen to this again because you've got to master it. Twice. Richard knocked on the door of the townhome four times, uh, and he was already holding a revolver. The door was answered by Corazon Amuraro. He pushed her inside, asking her, "Where are your companions?" Marita Ornato Gargulia came out into the hall and he pointed the gun at her. Well done. He then Actually pushed on both. that name. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. I stumbled <laughs> over all that. It's, it's Garguillo. Oh, thank you. At least that's what they said in the audiobook I listened to. Okay. Garguillo. Uh, Closer line to God. So she, <laughs> she came out into the hallway and he pointed the gun at her. He then pushed both of the women down the hall into the bedroom at the end. And in that room were three other girls. Uh, They were sleeping. And then another girl stepped out of the bathroom. So he had now found six of the eight residents that lived in the townhome. He had two to go. Mm -hmm. He looked down the corridor. And when he did, three of the girls closed themselves in the closet. When he looked back, he could see the closet door moving. So Pamela Lee Wilkening was coming down the stairs of the bed and he wrapped his arm around her waist and pulled her the rest of the way down. Um, and he said, it's all right. Calm it down. I ain't here to hurt nobody. Get them out here, would you? And he let her go, uh, but he kept his gun on the two girls that were still in their beds. And she walked over and opened the door. And then when they came out, he arranged all of the girls in a semicircle on the floor, telling them, sit down, take it easy, sit down. And he then explained, I ain't going to hurt nobody. I'm going to New Orleans. I just want some money. Uh, so Nina Joe Schmall and Patricia Ann Matusik asked if they could go get their purses. And Richard told them one at a time. And if I even think you're fooling around, I've got all your friends here waiting to pay for it. Uh, so the girls followed orders. And then the front door of the townhome burst open and Gloria Jean Davy came through. She had been out drinking with her boyfriend and she was exceptionally intoxicated. At least he um, was a gentleman and brought her home instead of raped her at a construction site. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> I'm trying to f- find all the last half full parts of this, I, I guess. I don't there's know. no. There's so, no, no yeah. it's, it's, it's so bad. 
Okay. This is more like uh, this medicine really fucking sucks. So let's just slam this shit like it's a mm-hmm. shot of something we it's don't like and just get it over with. Yes. So she staggered down the hall to the bedroom. She was trying to be quiet because her housemates had complained in the past about her coming home drunk and being too loud. So she's staggering down the hall. She's trying really hard to be quiet. And when she opens the bedroom door, she looked inside and she started screaming. Richard grabbed her and threw her onto the floor um, and then told her to get into the semicircle with the other girls. He then started to cut up sheets from one of the beds. And while he was cutting the sheets, he said, I can't have you all running off and getting the police the minute I leave. So I'm just going to tie you up. Don't worry. I'll be gentle with you. Oh, that old gym, so, huh? Where I only want money and I'm just going to tie you up until I can leave. And then. Yeah. That's never so what happens. He, Never what happened. So he actually went around the semicircle twice. He tied everyone's hands first and then he tied all of their feet, but he left Pamela. He left her feet untied. Um, and he told everyone in the room that he just wants to talk to her. That's all. And I just want to talk to her alone. He drug her to the side of the bedroom or to, he drug her out of the bedroom to the side bedroom. And then while he had was pushing her into the room, the front door slammed open again. And Marianne Jordan and Suzanne Bridget Ferris had been out having coffee with some friends. Uh, and then they made it almost all the way to the back bedroom when they saw Speck standing there holding a blade. So they took off running, but they took off towards the back bedroom because they heard voices in there. <sighs> so when they looked inside, they started screaming um, because you know, all of the girls are sitting there tied up. So Richard followed them down the hall. And when the girls opened the door, he put his hand around Susan's face and maneuvered her out into the hall. And at the same time, he encircled Mary with his other arm and pulled her out too. And then these was, two women, these, this what? is where it's fucking go time. Like this is, this what, is where it's go time. This is where he, he's thrown into a fucking rage and he's just like, fuck it. These are all, no witnesses. No witnesses, yes. Ted Bundy, Rock, so and Tone. Yeah. These two women fought him, and that got Richard excited. Yeah. So he plunged, he plunged the knife into Marianne's stomach, and then he turned and fell on Suzanne with both of his arms outstretched, and he rode her down to the bed. As he choked her, he whispered, that's it, fight me, do it. Uh, the, keep in mind that there's people in the next room so they yeah. can hear what's being said. Um. Once he finished with Mary and Suzanne, he went to the bathroom and he washed up. He then returned to Pamela and he stabbed her slowly and repeatedly. Um, After she died, he tied her white stockings around her neck and then he went and cleaned up in the bathroom again. By cleaned up in the bathroom, I assume you mean getting the blood off, but I also assume that he's coming in his pants like constantly during this. Like mm-hmm. he's, he's, yeah, he's, he's in all black when he's doing this. So you're not, so they don't see any blood on him. Right. So he's, he just keeps washing the blood off. So it doesn't freak him out every time he comes and grabs mm-hmm. another girl. Right. Every so, time I, Lindsay, it's my turn next time. And we're going to talk about the fucking stay puff marshmallow man or some shit. <laughs> just giving you a heads up. What did you God. do, Ray? Damn. <laughs> all right, all right. I I appreciate that we're gonna do a we're gonna do kind of a soft episode next uh, time. We're gonna have to we can talk about Ghostbusters all day long. Fuck yeah! Mm-hmm. 
All right, continue. All right. So All right. He cleaned up and he went back into the room where the rest of the girls were waiting. This time he picked Nina and he said to them again, I just want to talk to her right now, not the rest of you, just her, all right? He took her to an empty room and said, I ain't going to hurt you, just lie yourself down. He tried to smother her with a pillow, but she fought him. And the bed had too much bounce. So he's trying to push the pillow on her face and and it, it kept coming up. So she was able to keep getting her breath. So he wasn't able to actually smother her with the pillow. Um, so when that didn't work, he stabbed her in the neck, but he missed her artery. Ah, damn. And she continued to fight him, but she ultimately ended up choking on her own blood. Fuck. So he went to the bathroom and cleaned up again and then went back to the other girls. And this time when he went back into the room, he found that some of the girls had attempted to hide again. This made him chuckle. And so he actually freed one of the girls, Cora, from the bed. She had decided to try and get underneath the bed, but the other girls were still, some of the other girls were still sitting on the bed, which compressed it. So she couldn't get her head through. Stuck, stuck, stuck. <laughs> okay. Do you have to break it up? So Very he, well. Yeah, I'm sorry. I had to, have to. So he put his hand down and he, and he freed Cora's head and then from where she had gotten trapped in the bars. Then he selected a Valentina Pazon and they heard her screams and then Speck returned to the washroom. Merlita was next and then Pat. He had saved Pat. He took her to the bathroom and asked her if she was the girl in the yellow sundress. See, fucking all premeditated. Just he yeah. yeah. Why didn't she just band together and attack that motherfucker the first second that he walked in? Just and it's like one of those things from a horror movie, like when you knock the guy down and they run away. Don't stop swinging until there's no possible way that motherfucker could ever move again. Mm-hmm. Sorry, had to get that well, out. Okay. Because, well, because remember are, at the beginning, they were all separate. Yes, they were all separate. But once you're together as a team, even uh, even if you got to tie up, as you know he's coming back into the room, have three of you waiting there, just throw yourselves into him. Once he's on the ground, headbutt that son of a bitch. Do something. Fuck. Also, it was the 60s, and they hadn't been taught that being rude was okay. Yeah, plus it's, it's scarier than if you're just thinking about it, being there in person is definitely scarier, yeah. but. Oh, it just frustrates me so much. Okay. Back to the horrific story. Pat, uh, or Pat looked at him with disgust and that pissed him off. So he punched her in the liver, rupturing it. Fucking another liver punch. That dude's a good aim. Why did, why didn't he just become a boxer? Just win every match. And then he wouldn't have to kill women. I know. Right. Right. So while he had Pat in the bathroom, Cora was actually able to make her way over to the other side of the room and she was able to hide herself underneath that set of beds. Like she, she worked herself up against the wall, like as close as she could get, right? Just. uh, Yeah. She, she did everything she could. She kind of pulled the blanket down, like as she passed so that it was hiding the underside of the bed. Hoping that she did everything she could. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when Richard returned to the room, he did a mental count of the girls that he had killed. Seven so far. There was one left. It was Gloria. And she was passed out, which pissed Richard the fuck off. Mm-hmm. He tore open her dress and then cut through her underwear with his knife. She awoke while he was raping her. 
But she just laid there with tears streaming down her face. Um, she basically had already mentally switched off. She knew she was going to die. So she didn't fight. Mm. Um, when he was done with her, he drug her by the ankle to the living room and he strangled her with a piece of the bed sheet. He strangled her so hard that her neck actually refolded over the sheet. Like you couldn't see the sheet anymore. Like it was almost like the skin was touching itself through the Jesus. Mm -hmm. Okay. So he cleaned up and did another mental count. Eight women lived in each townhome and he had killed eight. So he was satisfied that he had killed all of the witnesses. Mm -hmm. But he had lost count of the girls that had been in the house that night. At least he was a little fucking One extra girl. Ah, (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I got to do it. I got to do it. Otherwise, I'm going to fucking scream. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. So at 5 a.m., Judy Dickton woke up to her alarm. She had a long day of studying ahead of her, and she could hear a faint wailing outside, but she thought that it must be an animal. So she went down and started some laundry. When she got back to her room, the wailing had gotten louder. She opened the blinds, and she saw Cora. Judy ran over to Cora, who was sobbing, and she was saying, they're all dead. Oh, my God, they're all dead. Judy entered the home and saw Gloria naked and dead in the living room. (sighs) She ran out of the house and went back to get her house mother. At least she only seen the one. I mean, I mean, as bad as that was, at least she didn't get what comes up later, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mrs. Bassone, followed uh, by the girls from the house where she resided, went back across the street and looked room by room because she had been pranked by some of the previous residents some of the previous nursing residents um, on things like this before, because apparently girls play dirty tricks. Um, So she went in and she went in and, and looked room by room. She then called the hospital stating all of my girls had been murdered. The girls that were outside were able to flag down a police officer. And that was officer Daniel Kelly. He entered the home to make sure of the claims and to see if the killer was still in the house. Uh, When he went outside and radioed for backup, he said, they are dead. They're all dead. Oh, God, give me the sergeant. I dated her sister. Oh, God, I've never seen anything like this. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, that guy had dated her sister and then knew who she was when he went. Oh, man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I forgot about reading that. Yeah. So um, reporter Joe Cummings had picked up the police call on his scanner and he was questioning whether or not this was just a rookie cop or if, you know, like he was like, Oh, it can't be that bad. Like whatever. So he went over to the scene and officer Kelly didn't stop him from entering the home because he was too busy being sick. Yeah. So Joe Cummings did a tour of the house. Was that the, was that the uh, radio dispatch, the radio dude? He wasn't actually, he wasn't actually a cop. He, he was, he was a reporter. He was the, yeah, the, the report yeah. and he still let him inside cause it was a different time. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Let's go trample that. So shit. he okay. went and did, fortunately he was a very seasoned reporter and he had been on the scene with several officers before. So he, he was actually careful of the crime scene. He knew what he was doing. He still, sh- yeah, he still shouldn't have been in there. Yeah, right. Yeah. So he came out and when the rest of the officers arrived, he and Officer Kelly were both being sick in the bushes, which told the rest of the officers that 
there was a pretty gory scene inside. Um, they, so they, they came in, they did a walkthrough of the house and they found Cora and they were able to obtain a description of the man who had done this. So the half of the police force stayed to get what they could from the home. And he, the sergeant sent the other half of the police to come the streets and to start questioning people. The police were fortunate enough to come across a convenience store clerk who was able to give them details on a man who matched the description Cora had given. And the convenience store worker also happened to know that Richard had recently been double booked on a barge. So the police were able to get to the NMU office. And when they arrived, they found the paperwork from the double booking in the trash. So now they had his description. They had his picture. They had his fingerprints. They had his name and all of his information. Uh, So they matched those fingerprints with fingerprints that were left at the scene. And they were able to identify their killer within hours. So police force right there. I was going to say, yeah, for once. No, this is another time that the the walking dude, they were the dude that walked for 13 minutes or whatever and came back. They were there within minutes. The, yeah. Yeah. Within minutes. Yeah. So yeah, there are. Yeah. Told well, you we'd do it. We'd do it. Oh God. Fortunately for the police, they had a description from Cora. So yeah. who knows if they would have been able to do that that fast if they hadn't had a description of the man. Well, they had so. to go ask. They did well. I mean, she's alive, yep. stuck underneath. Of- they're do they're they're doing what they can. <laughs> they're doing what they can. Yeah. So Richard had actually gone back to the hotel, and he called his sister, and Jean answered. And Jean told Richard that NMU had called and said that they had an assignment for him. Richard thought that was weird since NMU didn't call people; it was first come, first serve. Right. So. Richard called the NMU office to verify what Gene had said. And the NMU office told him, yeah, we have work waiting for you. Uh, It was on a ship that had already been announced that it had taken off. It had set sail. So he knew that he had been identified and they were sitting at the NMU office waiting for him. He already knew that the ship that he was called. Yeah. That is already left. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The jig is up bitches. Um, With the money that he had stolen from the victims, he rented another room somewhere further off and he took a sex worker back with him that night. He pulled a gun on her and when she left, she told the receptionist what had happened. The receptionist called police. Police arrived, they confiscated the gun and left. So that's it. Well, at this point, they hadn't released a description. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, but I mean, even if they, even if it was some dude without a record of any kind, he pulled a gun, and then they just come and they're like, "Give us your gun." All right, now well, you behave. All right. Here's the thing about bitch. here's the thing about this stupid fucker is he was a bullshit artist. Oh yeah. He liked to mm-hmm. do. He liked to lie. He liked to uh, boast, and he liked to fight people and drink. Yes. That that was that was his fucking repertoire of tricks. So. He was really good at uh, about talking his way out of a lot of situations. He's he liked to bullshit a lot, so that's how he got out of that. Mm-hmm. He claimed that it was her her gun, and that 
she'd pulled it on him and he'd taken it away from her. And he's like, here, man, just take it. And she's a sex so, worker. So they probably yeah. believed him. And he's like, no, man, you could take it. Because I took well, yeah. it from her because she pulled it on me. And yeah. mm-hmm. she was trying to rob me. And of course she's a sex worker. So they'd been like, well, that makes sense. That Yeah, that works out. Yeah, yeah that's good. Yeah. Clean cut. Well, talking Southern, man. Yeah, once you dissect it just a tiny bit, you barely have to even get in there. Once you get to that story of, no, it wasn't my gun. It was hers. She pulled it on me. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And they would have been like, and it- she thought she could lie to us. <laughs> Basically, what <laughs> the cops thought. Stupid yeah. horror. You know, as they're walking out. <sighs> God, this, oh, the good old days. The next day he went out drinking with two men. When he went to get more booze, he saw his face everywhere. Mm. So he Uh took off Mm -hmm. and he forced his way into the room of one of the men that he had been drinking with. And the man was known as one eye and he was a drunk. So one eye went out and called the police and they dismissed the call as just another drunk rambling phone call. Richard, in the room, shattered a bottle of wine and slit his wrists. He cut himself so bad that he's actually severed his arteries. And he woke up in the same hospital that his victims were being autopsied, autopsied in, mm. in cuffs. Yeah. The, uh, the ER doctor that had, had uh, seen him, that was treating him, wiped the blood off of his arm and saw the, saw the tattoo, born to raise hell. He was like, I know who the fuck this guy is. Wow. And that's how they got him. Mm-hmm. The doctor also worked actually harder to keep him alive so that he would have to face trial. Yep. Fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. It's too easy His to let you go. Began. Yes. Yeah. His trials began on April 3rd of 1967. Cora gave a detailed recount of the evening. And when she was asked if she could identify the man in the courtroom, she came down off the stand, walked right up to Richard, pointed at him and said, this is the man. She pointed at him, her fingers so close to his face that she almost touched him. Oh, yeah. Um, and then on April 15th, after 49 minutes of deliberation, the jury came back guilty on eight counts of murder. Richard was given the death penalty, but due to findings that potential jurors were turned away if they didn't believe in capital punishment, Richard was given a retrial. Only in a fucking America, man. Mm -hmm. Yep. This time he was sentenced on November 21st, 1972 to a maximum, or I'm sorry, a minimum of 400 years in prison. 400 years of pound you in the fucking ass. I hope so. By the way. Yeah. While in prison. Yeah. While in prison, Richard started taking hormones and he became what he always loathed. A fucking whore. Did you yeah. see? He died on December. F- did you hang on? Did you guys watch the video? Just let everybody uh, know. I watched part of it. I, I couldn't do it. I, I can't the, fucking. I couldn't do it. I can't unwatch it. There's a video of this piece of shit with with his fake titties and some inmate that he's with. <laughs> this bad motherfucker. It's like you girls are all whores, and he's blowing this motherfucker. <laughs> Thanks for sharing, Matt. That's hey, fuck that guy. He's a dickhead. Uh, he killed so many people. Yeah. Have, Laugh at his ass. I have some about that in here too. Oh, God. Uh, 
He died. He died on December fifth, nineteen ninety one, just one day before his fiftieth birthday. Did he choke from on a, a dick? heart attack? I hope so. Oh, a heart attack. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he was cremated and his remains were scattered because nobody his sister, wanted them. Well, his sister actually didn't want collectors to be able to get a hold of any of his remains. So Thanks. she scattered him in several places. They would have sold that. There is no one point. Yeah, they would have sold it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In May of 1996, a prison tape surfaced of the prisoners in the Statesville Correctional Facility. And in the center of the shit show was Speck. In silk panties with his boobs out, mm. sucking off another prisoner. Yes, sir. Uh, in high quality in entertainment. In the tape, <laughs> when asked why he had killed and raped his victims instead of just robbing them, he said it just wasn't their night. Mm-hmm. Go uh, watch that video. Evil, Fuck it, guy. Evil, evil motherfucker, man. If you can make it through this episode, you can make it through the video. I don't recommend it. I don't but- either. I'm not gonna, if you're interested in it, it is out there. I'm not going to link it, it in the description available. either. Nope. If you, you'll if find you, that shit on your own. Oh, you'll find it. If you hate this guy as much a, as I do, it. it's, it's worth watching easy. just to laugh at his stupid ass when he's walking around in silk panties with whatever heart, hormone shots they were giving him that gave him boobs. And he, you can't make fun of whores all your life and then become a horror. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, only the strong survive, man. Only strong survive. He survived longer than he should have. Those yeah. those dudes on the boat. Most dudes on a boat crew are some hard ass motherfuckers, and I'm surprised he lived through that. I'm surprised he didn't go overboard if he would have been acting like that. I'm surprised they yeah. didn't just. I wasn't. You know, accidents happen when you're out on a boat. Shark bait, yep. motherfucker. Yeah, Lindy. I don't know if you knew this or not, but uh, one of the one of the psychiatrists that uh, saw him uh, right after his. Uh, incarceration apparently like got spec to sign over the the rights to his life so that he could write a book about it. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to use this guy for uh, a witness in determining that he was insane. And because he had monetarily uh, reasons of, or he had monetary uh, gain uh, because of the rights to the life, they would not let him testify but i guess they had like seven or eight different psychiatrists and like no this fucker's saying he's just an evil mm-hmm. motherfucker all of them except for this one guy who was notorious for saying that that people are crazy you know just to try to get them off on the insanity and that's why they there was a insane. huge they took away that huge, whole fact that you could monetize yourself while you were in prison and then but yeah, Lindy, I think it was. Yeah. They actually did make that illegal. Yeah. yeah, they they have finally put a law against that, so prisoners cannot sign over their the rights to their story and receive monetary gain from it. Yeah. Um, the during the time of quite a few serial killers, there was a study going on. Um, from I don't I don't know one hundred percent of the details. I I know some of them, but don't write a history report on what I'm about to say or anything you say <laughs> for that matter. <laughs> um, they, they, there was a woman at a university who was doing a study on criminals believing that they had an extra chromosome. Um, hmm. So I, I can't remember if it's two X or two Y or maybe what, one, but maybe one above. It, yeah. She, 
so she did a study and she put it together that a bunch of criminals had this this extra chromosome that was causing them to to do these things and somehow a magazine or newspaper had misquoted saying that it had been proven as fact so they were using this in trials oh wow um and it, they actually had to go back and retry re- yeah, restate it and redo a bunch of people's um, trials and stuff because of it. But one of the psychiatrists was involved in the study during the time of spec. Uh-huh. And so he was trying to make it so that they had to get these people. Like he, he was one of the people that was saying, no, he's, he's not saying yeah. they wanted him to test him right. for uh-huh. this theory. Gotcha. So now, that that happened on a, a couple of different different cases. Yeah, different serial killers in that time frame. Uh, so it, it the the case the study has all been bunked. It's proven that's not a real thing. No, just, so, but, just but, but that is something you yeah. can. Mm-hmm. Yep, just straight up evil piece of shit. And I'm glad he's dead. Yes. Oh, and I'm glad that's over with. That last <laughs> that last segment there, I couldn't say anything. I was having the longest case of deja vu that I've ever had in my fucking life. Seriously, I was sitting there, I was like almost seems like this was a round two. No, no, no. No. I remember the first one. I was just sitting there thinking, I was like, why does this my phone should be going off? It never did, but I was sitting there thinking, I was like, no, last time this had my phone. No. It didn't go off. I was just like, I didn't want to say anything. I was like, this is so weird. I was like, my phone's going to go off here in a second. So Matt, did you hit that? Did you hit the whiskey? Cause I managed to get through this one sober. I no, I didn't hit the whiskey. I, gonna, I, I didn't even, I didn't, I didn't even have, I didn't crack a beer, dude. I did oh, I sober. did. I had three. <sighs> yep. I had three and now I have to go spray some weeds. <laughs> <laughs> Well, guys, thanks for hanging out. Uh, Lindy, thanks for, uh, you know, fucking my head up again. No, um, that's a rough one. Yeah, yeah. Next week, like I said, something like Marshmallow Man-ish. Yeah, I'll find something weird or Matt do something light. We'll do something different. That's not true. Well, it'll be. I know. I don't need to say more shit, but yeah. <laughs> just, I just got to fucking just lie to me. Dude, it just makes me feel better. Please. Next week, Guys. we talk about the history of the garbage <laughs> pail kids. I don't know why that awesome. just popped in Love my head. It. <laughs> Love it. Love it. That would be so it fun, be actually. Fun. <laughs> All right, but I get starving Marvin. Starving Marvin. Yeah. And then uh, there was a bunch of it was the same picture, but different names underneath. And I wish yeah. I had them all. I actually have a bunch. I have a bunch. I went to Canada a couple of years ago, and they had a really cool... Um, like collector shop, mm-hmm. card shop, mm-hmm. game shop, and he had a ton of them, and he was just like trying to get rid of stuff. So I bought all of them. Wow, cool! But yeah, he's and they're all the original ones. They're so neat. Yeah. They're so cool. They're Sweet. I'm a little bit jelly, but you know, well, it's, it's... <laughs> one of these days, I'll have a studio like where I can set up all my action figures and things that I have, and let my nerd nip fly and 
Yeah, I'm still holding out for my I'm still holding out for my Han Solo frozen in carbonite refrigerator, like life size. But I, yeah, I got a couple things I'm pretty proud of, like the original Millennium Falcon still in the box, and uh, I got a C3PO model kit from like '78 that's still in the box and it's still wrapped, like it's never even been opened. And don't think it wasn't hard for me not to open that son of a bitch and put it together because I wanted to so bad. <laughs> But I didn't do it. <laughs> Not to Matt. All right, we we better wrap this up. We're like, whoa, we're yeah, we're in it. We're in it. Um, guys, thanks again for liking, rating, reviewing the podcast. Yeah, yes, uh, if please, you want to hit us up, please do. Please do. Ahead. It takes seconds. It takes seconds. Just you don't have to say anything crazy. Just be like, hey, I love pizza rolls. Five stars. <laughs> <laughs> Just do it so Matt will quit bitching about it. Please. Please. Pretty please. Also, if you want to get a hold of us, you can uh, email us to the uh, website, which is hmfppod.com. And if you're not doing anything on Saturday nights at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, we always do a live stream. We call it the, uh, the SDS Sessions because uh, we like to shoot shit. So, yeah, buddy. Um, yeah, buddy. So if you're not doing anything Saturday come hang out you know we're just a we're just a couple guys and a girl you know we're just having some drinks and just hanging out you know whatever whatever but uh that's it that's it for this week thanks for uh everything and uh thanks for uh putting up with my bullshit uh i'm zach spar lindy and we will see you next tuesday later 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 Why, 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 why